Like trust your gut. I make zero moves unless I've kind of did a self check and it feels right. Everything we need to succeed, like it's already been like put in us. So just like trust the process and trust what you're feeling. Trust that vision and like just go for it. I, I don't believe we are allowed to dream or be given visions or, or for things unless we already have the capacity to, to fulfill them. Welcome everybody to episode 19 of the Paul and Pals podcast. I'm your host, Ponyboy Paul, and Paul and Pals is a podcast where I interview my creative pals to learn how they became who they are today to inspire you for tomorrow. On this episode, I have a creative conversation with my pal, Marissa Jenkins. She is the owner and co-founder of Freedom Apothecary, a holistic wellness and just overall skincare company that's also focused on one, empowering black and brown women, and also making sure they're building the community wherever they're located. Now, in this episode, we kind of talk about how Marissa's always wanted to be an entrepreneur since she was young. Um, We also talk about how her ex-husband actually is the reason or kind of strongly persuaded her to start uh, her own, her first company. And then lastly, we talk about how the idea of Freedom Apothecary actually came to her via a download. Um, But without any further ado, let's get creative. You hear me? Yeah. All right. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry for the, the technical difficulties. Uh, I, I was <laughs> telling you before, but I, I'll probably break it down sometime later for the rest of the gang. But anyway, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the Paul and Pals podcast. Uh, thank you for, you know, reaching out. And one thing I always like to do is kind of give everybody an idea of how we met, which is uh, interestingly enough, we actually met almost two years to this day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that uh, New Orleans party. I think it was like a Mardi Gras with my friends, um, Josh and David. Actually, my first, actually the first time I actually met David. So it's all kind of all coming together. But uh, I think I met you there. We just started yep. all chatting. <laughs> you had your kids. It was just like a very random, <laughs> yeah, a random we, party. We, we but... had some some funny conversations at that party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I uh but no, I just really appreciate you. You know, when I reached out a couple months ago, you were just like, yeah, I'm about this. And I was just very taken aback at that. So I really appreciate you taking the time to really, you know, tell your story. So I think let's kind of start there. We can do like a general overview. So how would you like to introduce yourself? Um, so I'm Marissa Jenkins, um, owner, uh, I'll say entrepreneur. I own a um, Freedom Apothecary, um, which is a clean beauty, um, retail, wellness, and lifestyle space in Philadelphia. Um, the brick and mortar, I should say. Can mm-hmm. you hear that? that I think that I heard that beep. Yeah. Is that your phone? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. just turn so you're, it off. Sorry. So you're a real entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> you're lying jumping, yo. Um, yeah. Let's see if I can get rid of that. Um, but yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm a mom. I have two girls that are seven and three. Mm-hmm. Um, originally from Mississippi, okay. uh, so that, okay. yeah, let's let's start there. <laughs> oh, your phone still <laughs> but, I don't uh, know how to make it stop. It's it's on my computer now. Oh, okay. oh gosh, okay. <laughs> now you good, you good. We'll we'll make it work. Um, okay. I'll, I'll edit it in post. But uh, so let's kind of start at the beginning. You know, I think obviously we we know you now as this entrepreneur. You got this whole business, but I'm always curious as to like how people grow up, because I feel like that tells you a lot about what you're doing, because I feel like what you're doing is kind of unique, right? So, like, if you want to start at your childhood, where are you from again? Kind of how were you raised? And then we'll go from there. Yeah, so I'm from Laurel, Mississippi, 
probably, I'm sure nobody's heard of it. Um, <laughs> my friend, maybe some of my friends that are on here. Um, yeah. But um, Laurel, Mississippi, small town, um, maybe like 20,000 people. Um, I I guess I grew up with a single mom. Um, my parents separated when I was like five years old, um, but my dad was always around. Um, I'm the youngest of three and the mm. only girl. Um, so I'm the baby girl. I was I was probably pretty pretty damn spoiled growing up because my <laughs> my brothers were like seven years older and like thirteen oh, okay. years older than me. So I was kind of like the only one at, at home. Um, yeah. But um, I guess I could say like growing up, I kind of always knew that I didn't like I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I didn't necessarily want to go like go work a nine to five or whatever. Um, at what age and, did you feel like you felt that though? Like, <laughs> since you were that young or when? I, so my mom tells me all the time, like she says, when I was like six, that I told her, like, like I'm ne- like I'm gonna make a lot of money one day. Um, my name is gonna be in lights, whatever the hell that meant. Um, and okay. and I told her, she always cracks jokes. She's like, and you told me you were gonna make enough money that when I got old, you were gonna put me in a really nice nursing home. I mean, <laughs> which is mean, like that's mean as hell, right? Yeah, but, that's mad morbid. Um, <laughs> But like, she was like, you know, you always would say that you were just going to do your own thing and like, you know, make your own money or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, okay. that's just kind of, <laughs> that's, that's very interesting. Cause I feel like a lot of people, I mean, even when I was young, I feel like my parents always pushed me to be like, yo, make sure you get this job and you work for this long. So I think it's interesting right. that you have this perspective of like, you knew you wanted to kind of do your own thing. Uh, yeah. but at that age and- that. Yeah, go continue. No, I mean at that age, like I didn't, I didn't really know what that looked like. Like my mom was a school teacher, my dad worked in a factory. Like I didn't, I didn't have any like examples of like entrepreneurs or like people doing their own thing. But I just, I knew that like whatever that was just didn't didn't fit me. It didn't feel right. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not to say like I I've had a job since I was eleven years old. Like I my first job was at a snowball stand. So like I always had like I guess the drive and the hustle to like work. Um, and I, I, but I also knew that like working for somebody else is not what I wanted to do. Gotcha. So. Okay. And I guess how did that kind of influence you when you was actually starting to get into your, like your educational bag? Was it kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. I want to do this. I know for sure I want to study this so I can do that. Or were you kind of still trying to figure out that young age? I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I, I will say, like I honestly did not know um, what I wanted to do until I was like in my thirties. Like I was just okay. kind of going down these different like career paths. Um, I won't say lost, um, but I was like, oh, this this looks cool. Let me do this. Um, and yeah. even within those things, it was like, okay, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna open my own practice or I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna like, you know, do my own thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it took some time for <laughs> the journey. Like, you know, everyone says it took some time for me to like really um, put all of those things together and to yeah. arrive where I am now. So. Got you. Okay. So let's, um, see, I don't know if that's a trick because I was going to be like, oh, so how old are you now? So we can break it down. <laughs> but I don't know if I can say that. So I'm going to need you to somehow say that without me asking. Yeah. And then we'll... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so go on. <laughs> I love how you still not saying it too. But not. So I kind of want to break down these little journeys you had, right? Because yep. you said you kind of got into this, you know, entrepreneur back kind of now. Like, yeah. what, where was this like first attempt at like what was it like oh let me try this and maybe I can make something out of it like what was your first recognition of that um so hmm. 
let's see. I don't know. Like, should I start like, I guess, with my education or you want to start yeah. like at the let's, entrepreneur? Let's do journey. education first. I'm okay. interested in that. Okay. So I first, um, let me see. I, I started out at Tuvalu College, um, fresh out of high school, um, biology, uh, <laughs> majoring in biology. Uh, I pledged and that went like downhill. My, okay. my grades were, were trash after that. What's, so I had to change Rory? my major. <laughs> um, I pledged Delta. Okay. Yeah, right. Delta. Um, and so, you know, right. that kind of shook some stuff up. I had to kind of take a, a different path. Um, you was having I, too much I, fun? having too much fun um and so then i was like okay well i'll I'll go into athletic training um so i switched over to that um and then where it kind of gets weirded (laughs) i decided to go into prosthetics um and so i went to northwestern Mm -hmm. um in chicago to study and become certified to make prosthetic limbs um because i had hopes and dreams of opening my own prosthetic clinic and helping veterans and children with you know cognitive i mean con- um, congenital deficiencies that you know don't have limbs or whatever like that was my um dream at one point <laughs> um okay. and I, I still have a passion for it um and that didn't really work out like life kind of happened got married yeah. had kids um yeah. and from there i was like okay let me get into franchise and looked at a couple franchises um and decided that, you know, I just kind of wanted to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where, I guess you can say, the, the journey to freedom apothecary yeah, yeah. started. Okay. I um, What kind of turned into, I had my first daughter um, researching what type of products and to use on babies, you know, the typical yeah. Johnson and Johnson and all those kind of things. And yeah. learning about all the like harmful ingredients and preservatives and fragrances that are in those products. Um, I started mm-hmm. making my own product. Um, and that really? just kind of spawned. Yeah. That so when you say, when you say making, when you say making, you like was in the lab, like actually cooking was, up or like hot. Yeah. Making like in the kitchen, which I still make my, the, the products now in my kitchen that I, we sell in the store. Um, but yeah, wow. in my kitchen, just researching different like essential oils and, um, plant oils and butters mm-hmm. and, and all of that. Um, and so, yeah, like mm-hmm. my, my now ex-husband was like, yo, you got to start selling this. And I'm like, no, yeah. like, nobody wants to buy this. Uh-huh. Um, and he built a website for me and was like, yo, be ready. I'm launching it on this date. Like, get, get your life together. He just, he just <laughs> so like I did that. it. Yeah. Yeah, I did it. Um, okay. And so that, that was Mo Moisture. That was like my first business, I guess you can say. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And I'm kind of curious about that too. So like when you were, you know, obviously having a child kind of changes your mentality about mm-hmm. everything because you had to take yeah. care of somebody, right? So like when you were kind of doing all this research, were you kind of also influenced from a diet perspective? Were you kind of like, oh, let me change my whole diet up? Because I think when I think about holistic living, like it's almost kind of, you, you want to make everything as natural as possible. So how did that affect you? Right. Obviously you're taking care of your job, but how did that affect you personally? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it's been a process like it's, and it's an ongoing process. I mean, at at that moment, it was just like, okay, like body products. Um, you know, what can I put on myself? What can I put on the baby? And then that, that kind of transformed into, um, you know, exercise and that spawned into eating habits and like, you know, going Mm -hmm. vegan and vegetarian and pescatarian and like deodorant and house products. Like, it's just like, (laughs) it keeps like, going yeah. you know how how 
to eliminate, you know, the harmful things that we tend to like consume and put on our bodies on a daily basis. So gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm still trying to. It's, it's a hard change. <laughs> I'm like, like diet. I'm like, man, I love like, chicken. Like. It's hard. Listen, I mean, I, I'm from Mississippi, so I mean, I yeah. grew up eating all like the chitlins and the ham hocks and the, yeah. all of the things. So it was. It yeah. You had something wild on your story recently. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. You was, you was. It was a cooking. coon. Yeah, a I'm like <laughs> you gotta explain that real quick because uh, holistic raccoon, it don't match up. So how did that I mean, come so, to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I I I grew up eating like that. Like my uncle, I would watch my uncle like like skin a raccoon cook it eat it like wow. but um so i That's was visiting different. my mom visiting my mom one, on the week one weekend um, a yeah. few weeks ago and my brother was like yo mom i got a, a raccoon in the freezer can you cook it for me and <laughs> she did <laughs> You're like, sure. it was, yeah it was it was pretty disgusting i'm like looking at like i cannot believe i used to eat this mess like That's but... wild. okay all right that took a turn but uh yeah going back to <laughs> <laughs> so when you first were um you know motivated by your ex to like start this business at that time was this business um was that freedom apothecary at this time like can you give us a timeline when is this no so this was like 20 2016 i think um and at that time it was more moisture and again it was just like you know products i was making in the kitchen it was probably about yeah. i think i had about 10 skews and i did that for like two or three years um can you clarify skews real quick oh that's a little business talk oh oh so products yeah okay, i had a, like about 10 different products that i was making um yeah, and i was doing everything like I, I was a one woman show um i was making the product doing social media you know doing the the marketing the shipping the like hey. pop-up markets like i was just doing it all um and I, I got kind of like I got kind of burnt out. Um, okay. Yeah. And I got. And uh, when you were kind of get into that bag, was it kind of like? I mean, did you already kind of establish, you know, some friends, and then how did you kind of build the um, people actually buying your product? Yeah. Um. I have. I. I don't know. <laughs> it just kind of took off. Like I mean, you know, my family, the people that I knew in Mississippi, New Orleans. Because yeah. at that time, I was living in Philadelphia. I had made the move to from New Orleans to Philadelphia, um, yeah. and it was just word of mouth. Um, you know, like I said, my friends would buy it. I, I kind of gained a pretty decent um, presence on Instagram, gotcha. um, and so it just. It just okay. happened that way. I, 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 I didn't have any like secret like tricks or recipes or she whatever. Just said I'm not dope. <laughs> no, not really. Like I again, this is not something I even wanted to like that. I I wasn't confident, you know, that people would yeah. actually buy it. So <laughs> got you. And then kind of talk to us about uh, when you started to feel this burnout. Was that burnout more of like you were kind of overwhelmed with how many orders you were doing and the fact you were the only one doing it? Like how did that come to be? Yeah. So. That was a lot of it. Um, again, I, I was a mom at the time. Once I decided to kind of shut down shop and rebrand, um, I was expect expecting again. I was overwhelmed with doing all of the things um, by myself. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to take a break. <laughs> and Got I just kind of um, probably about two or three months before I was ready to give birth to my second daughter, I just like shut down. I was like, yo, 
I'm re I'm rebranding. Like I didn't know what that was gonna look like or what yeah. the plan was, but I was like, okay, something like it just needs to like shape. Gotcha. Something's gotta change. Okay. So So you kinda um and when you when you were taking that break, was it more like a a break of, oh, I actually like doing this entrepreneurial gig, but mm-hmm. I just I gotta figure it out. So like what yeah. was your I guess what was your kind of like rebranding process? So I'll be honest with you, when I when I like I said, when I first shut down, I, I had no idea when I was going to pick it back up, what the rebranding process looked like. Um, but for whatever reason, my gut was telling me like, yo, like, like I said, something needs to happen. Yeah. And honestly, like the way I arrived at freedom, it was a dream. I literally was sleeping one night and kind of like coming out of sleep. And I, I, what I like to say, like I, I received a download essentially. Okay. Um, and it it and it was like clear as day like yo this is the business or this is where your business needs to go next it's like you know it needs to be space it needs to be a storefront um Mm -hmm. it needs to be a space like I I just kept thinking about you know women and women of color um holistic living education on like holistic living and kind of like getting back to like the earth Mm um and so that that's how it happened like I woke okay. up the next morning and it was clear as day and I was like yo what what the hell did I just dream about yeah and I just started writing like writing stuff down researching uh-huh. and like literally the things just started like falling in place that's and crazy. it was like it was like an aha moment because I mean honestly like for a long time like from all the different like career paths and education I, I've gone you know had had I was like none of this adds up none of this makes sense like what am I supposed to do with my life and with that vision all of those things kind of like started coming to be yeah like working together for this wow. one particular thing so you said download I, I like that I'm gonna start using that now. <laughs> she got the new iOS she's like oh but it's clear as day Okay, so yeah, let's let's keep going with that. So before we kind of get into you know how you built freedom, mm-hmm. can you give you know your best description description or overview of what freedom apothecary is? Yeah, um, so like like really what I just said. So we we are a space for authenticity for for women to just come and be who they are to take care of themselves. Um, you know, especially we as Black women, like we we're carrying a lot I feel like we always have and so I feel like it's super important for us to take care of ourselves first um so that we can continue to do the work and to you know be the pillars in our our communities and our households um so that's really what it is um and so we have all of our products that we carry in the store are uh, female founded. Um, so we're all about empowering women and giving them a platform. Yeah. Um, and also just um, really like breaking down barriers in the beauty industry and wellness industry for women of color and just being, you know, like providing rep- representation in mm-hmm. the well in the wellness and beauty industry. So. Got you. And when you say, um, actually, before I continue, you said, you know, mm-hmm. obviously it's a woman focused business. And mm-hmm. I want to acknowledge you because uh, you're actually giving away two uh, well, two products as a bundle uh, okay. to one lucky raffle winner. And I noticed that, you know, one of the products promotes hair growth. So mm-hmm. I wanted to know, am I able to still purchase <laughs> products from you and use it? Or is that like, you know, strictly woman faith? I just wanted to be sure. No, I, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah, we right. so we, yeah, are... we, have, we do have <laughs> products for men. And, and like we say, it's for people with skin. Like we, we are 
products are like, you know, gender neutral for the most part. And we have lifestyle products and like candles Mm -hmm. and internal wellness um, items, CBD. So, yeah. And then when you say (laughs) woman founded, (laughs) you say woman founded, is that like, are you kind of contracting other um, women in the business to Mm -hmm. make their, and then you guys sell it for them? Yeah. Or help them sell it? Okay. That's really dope. Yeah, okay. yeah, and so I mean, we have I, I I lose count now, but it's like fifty plus different brands and par- brand partners that we work with. Um, we have wow. our in house brand. We have a um, a blend bar where you can come in and create your own products um, from. It's like an apothecary style blend bar, so just all natural herbs and butters, um, oils, clays to make masks, um, and then we also do services. We do facial services, so okay. That's, that's really cool. And um, I'm now curious, too, because I feel like, you know, you you, uh, you woke up, you got that download, mm-hmm. and then you built this whole thing that now has over 50 relationships. So, like, you know, obviously, once you got that idea, I'm curious, like, how did you actually, like, execute it? Because, you know, it's a lot to say, but how did you actually, like, build it from day one? Um, so... Again, like, you know, just writing it down. I actually, I reached out to a good friend of mine um, in Philly who was a, a small business, who is a small business owner. Because um, I, I wasn't from Philly. I knew nothing about the landscape and the business landscape of Philly. Um, so I reached out to him um, just to get some advice. Like, yo, I got this idea. What do you think about it? Um, and his wife ended up becoming my partner in the business. And she's phenomenal. So she she has years, years of experience in retail yeah. um, and organizational leadership and stuff like that. So um we kind of, we co-created it together. Like she believed in, you know, the vision I had for the space and we, we, we co-created okay. what you see now. So. Got you. And um, I'm also curious about uh, a key point you mentioned about the actual business. You mentioned community building, like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you guys have a storefront. Was that affected by COVID by the way? How has that been? Uh... Yeah, it's affected. I mean, we've had to, um, like starting out, we were strictly like brick and mortar. We didn't have um, a web space or web shop, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. But due to COVID, we had to okay, pivot like everybody, oh. most people. And we put um, probably 70 to 80 percent of our inventory um, on our web shop. Um, so that was a big help. Um, and also, you know, just really expanded our our doors, like opened our doors to the rest of the country and world. So okay. Um we aren't, you know, operating at a hundred percent capacity, but we we're we're staying afloat. So okay, yeah, I'm curious about that because I feel like nowadays when most people kind of like uh, make a store or shop or sell items, mm-hmm. they go straight to online. So y'all were yeah. like, I guess when was Freedom Apothecary officially founded? Um, so <laughs> crazy. So we we were supposed to open in July of 2018. We did not open our doors until July of 2019. So we were delayed in opening a whole freaking year. <laughs> Wait, Still why? The city, the city of Philadelphia and permits and all kind of like madness. It took us a whole yeah. year to get our doors open. Um, and then within six months of opening, uh, well, it's probably like eight months of opening, COVID happened. Oh, um, okay. yeah. Dang. Dang. <laughs> so we were like still trying to like, you know, like get our bearings and like really figure out this whole, you know, brick yeah. and mortar and, and having a space and, and then that happened. So got you. And then but, can you kind of describe how that storefront was like when I think of community, I'm thinking like, so did y'all have like maybe weekly activities and then women could come through and like, you know, learn something or how is that actually implemented? 
Yes, I mean, we we had book clubs. We would have like kind of like think tanks or different workshops. We would um, host different dialogues and discourse about different things that would be happening or, you know, currently happening, current events or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, with with plans to do more of that. But again, you know, like I said, for six months into the opening, we had to shut down. So gotcha hopefully I guess, hopefully i think we're, we're we're aiming at opening our doors again i think it's a one year to the date that we shut down last year so we'll be so opening July. back up soon no we'll okay. be up march well we, when we march. shut down for covid oh yeah. okay gotcha 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 yeah march, gotcha. yeah it's coming soon and yeah. uh i kind of wanted to i had two things that just came to mind but one thing uh still on apothecary is why did you name it freedom apothecary like what does that mean to you uh, um really Again, it, the name came to me in a dream, but um, it's it's kind of it's got a, a few different meanings, like freedom in like products. So our products are free of paraben, parabens, free of preservatives, mm. free of fragrance, um, free of any you know toxic, nasty stuff that could you know affect you, your body, your skin, whatever. Um, and then it's just, it's space for freedom, space to just be who you are, to be authentically yourself, um, to come and have the conversations about, you know, different things, to come and to practice self-care, like radical self-care, um, and to not feel guilty about, you know, taking care of yourself or putting yourself first so you can be whole to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I see, I see. I, I like that. That's, that's kind of deep, the, the double <laughs> entendre. And then, yeah. uh, but one thing that came to me while you were talking is I think it's a kind of very important to know just for everybody, right? Uh, you mentioned that, you know, you were really motivated by your ex to really get into this. And like, mm-hmm. I'm curious, even though you had the skill, you you knew what you wanted to do, I guess what would you say was kind of like that fear that was kind of holding you back from actually like just doing it because I feel like when you look back now you're probably like oh Mm -hmm. it wasn't that hard like what was that initial thing that you really had to overcome um let's see and I lord that's that's loaded um (laughs) you know (laughs) I mean I'm gonna just be frank and honest like you know coming being a southern girl from Mississippi like I've always kind of felt um this I don't know, fear. Like I wasn't confident in my, in my speech or in my voice or in what I had to offer to the world. Like, like, who am I? This, you know, this little country girl from Mississippi, like what, what does she know? So it was really self. It was really me. I had to get out of my own way and just like really believe in what I had to offer and that I had purpose and that, you know, I can do what the next person was doing or I could, I could be great. So Mm -hmm. I yeah. just need, I needed that extra, like, push. That push, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think sometimes, like, I get into this mode of, like, and I think I consider myself very self-motivated, but I'm also mm-hmm. um, very self-critical. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. even even with this, like, what I'm doing, I, I'm thinking about every little thing. I'm like, oh, dang, like, I see a pixel right there, or, like, my my uh, mic is in here, or, like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not saying the right thing. So I think it's a common thing. And I think you, you make a good point that sometimes you might need that external push and it might not feel comfortable. Right. But mm-hmm. when somebody's able to be like, just, just do it. You're like, ah, okay, let me try it. And let then they have, exactly. So I think that's yeah. a very, uh, I hope everybody can like resonate with that because I think that's something that you have to be constantly reminded of. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another key thing you mentioned was purpose. And I think you kind of mentioned it when we were even talking earlier, like, mm-hmm. Now that you've done all this and you're, you're living your life right now, 
where do you feel like, do you feel like you, you found a purpose? Do you think it's one thing or what does that word mean to you now? Um, oh, I don't, I was having this conversation with someone the other day and I don't, I, I do think purpose is one thing, but I think purpose can be like, can be lived out or fulfilled in multiple like areas, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. Um, like, you know, some people may say, oh, my purpose is to to care for kids or do this or do that. And it's like, okay, you can fulfill that purpose in multiple like pathways or journeys or whatever. Like it doesn't have to look one way. Yeah. So no, I relate with that. I think um, it's a big word and I never, I don't know, I think when I was younger, I never wanted to think that there was just one thing I had to do because I just feel like with life so fickle mm-hmm. and so random, like, it, 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 you, you do, I don't know if there's like one thing, right? So for me, I think like whatever comes to mind, I think you got to at least try it, see what mm-hmm. happens, and then kind of learn from it. Yeah. Uh, uh, for example, like uh, with, with this podcast, right, I never thought that it would become this thing. I kind of was like, oh, I want to I want to interview people. I want to, you know, learn how they became who they are. Mm-hmm. But I, I was never initially framing it as some, like, inspirational, motivational thing, right? right. Uh, but as I kept doing it, like, the people that, their, their stories personally inspired me, right? Mm-hmm. And it became this. So I think I definitely relate to that. And now that I, I kind of see you're on this path, you're kind of figuring it out, do you kind of, as it kind of um, motivated you or inspired you to like, you want to do some other things or do you want to have some type of bigger impact that you're already planning about or planning um, around? Um, For sure. Um, I definitely have aspirations of, you know, doing like nonprofit work. I really would love to start, um, um, I I don't know if I should call it a foundation or outreach program in my hometown um, and just, you know, really inspire and just be a resource for other little girls who are from a small town who look like me, who may need that extra push to like, you know, to say, Hey, like I can go out in the world. I can do this. Um, you know, I can be an entrepreneur. I can be a lawyer, president, whatever. Um, and, and, and just really, you know, broaden their, their perspective and their ideas of where they feel like they can go and what they can achieve. So, Yeah. yeah. And uh, I also want to keep it real, too, because I feel like from somebody that's trying to do something and you're kind of doing it a lot on your own, you're obviously the co-founder mm-hmm. owner, where, like, I'm curious, like, what are some of the challenges you kind of face and you're always having to overcome? Like, what are the things that annoy you about what you're trying to do? She said, oh, snap, who's listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know really? how to answer that question. Really? Um, so you're you said just easy sailing, smooth. I mean, it's not, but it, it like it's not, it's not annoying. Like I, I'm like I'm in a place where I, I enjoy like everything about it. E- even the tough days, it's like it's growth. Like it's like okay, mm-hmm. I've learned how to do that, or oh, that challenged me. It pushed me. Like you know, like I don't know. It's it's just all good. Like things yeah. even on like the hard days like i don't know got you, got you. <laughs> well, that's good i mean it's it's good that you uh you're making the most of it sometimes you gotta, you gotta see the the light in the darkest day so that's good yes yeah and uh you know now that uh, one thing i, I wanted to kind of go back to you know your daughters because i remember one key thing from when i first met you two <laughs> years ago is i think i was just trying to like either pick her up or give her a hug 
And uh, she curved the F out of me. Yeah. <laughs> like, she yeah. curved me. So yeah. I'm curious, like, you know, now that you're raising them, you're seeing them growing up. I guess how as how has your learning where you've realized that you can, you can do whatever you put your mind to? Like, I guess how is that going to kind of influence you in terms of your motherhood and raising your kids? Like, are you more like, oh, I'm going to just let them do anything? Or like, what do you think that you're going to change specifically about your uh, your raising of them that's yeah. going to be different? Um, for sure. Like just, just really encouraging them to be like who they are. Um, and not, and especially like, especially with my oldest, I, I always have to like check myself and be like, you know what, this is who she is. Like, and really like <laughs> not try to just parent her, just parent yeah. her and make sure she stays alive and safe, but just uh-huh. let her do, do what she wants to do. Um, but I, I definitely want to encourage them to just, to, to be who they are. Um, and not try to stick them in a box or a lane or a pathway to, you know, oh, hey, go be a doctor. Like, no, you can be an artist. Like, you can do whatever your dreams and your desires may be. Um, and I think, I think, you know, we we don't do um, enough of that, like, in the mm-hmm. in the Black community. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> no, we, we can have that conversation. I'm down to have it. Because, uh, no, it's very true. And... Um, uh, I think when we think about, you know, black based things or black targeted mm-hmm. things the, I feel like the common consensus is trying to tell the, uh, the black population that like there's more to like our our life. There's more things that we can do. There's more things that we can accomplish. So I think that's a very meaningful conversation that needs to be constantly had because mm-hmm. I've realized the best way to do it is you really got to just lead by example. You got to understand that. You know, there's there's um, certain people that might see you sometimes mm-hmm. and they might not ever say a word to you. Right. But they might see you do something. And now they're like, oh, word, word. Let me let me let me mimic that. And I've always yeah. kind of had that mindset because when I was growing up, I have a, I have a younger brother. Uh, shout out, Peter. He's uh, six years younger than me. His birthday is mm-hmm. actually in three days. Actually, um, he's six years younger than me. And growing up, my mom and dad always used to be like, oh. Make sure you're doing whatever because your brother's watching you, right? Right. And I used to get annoyed because I'm like, yo, like I'm just trying to chill with the homies. Like, (laughs) it's a weird age range where you can't take Mm -hmm. them everywhere. You can't always hang. Uh, But I feel like it wasn't until we had a conversation recently that I just seen his growth, and I made me realize that all those things that I made sure to be mindful of, it was very important because it's it's kind of changed his mindset. So, uh, you know, you you say let's not have that conversation, but I think we always have to have that conversation (laughs) because it's so important to me. But I I think that you're 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 living that life. So yeah, I mean, and definitely like just just like you said, lead by example. Like I I take them everywhere. Like if if I'm in Philly, because I I live in New Orleans now, my space is in Philly, but um, in Philly, like bringing them bringing them to the store, um, just showing them everything. Now that I'm in New Orleans, I'm kind of getting into real estate. So I take them on, you know, the the sites to see the houses yeah. and then go pick out material and do like whatever, like just, and then they're watching. Like, you know, my oldest would be like, oh, mom, you remember when we um, saw the, the tile for whatever, like she's watching. <laughs> um, so, you know, just, just giving them just different little seeds. Like, I don't know if the, if the seed is going to grow. It might, it might not. But at least, you mm-hmm. know, they they, yeah. they are aware of, of, of what's happening. So now you got to plan it. No, for real. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we're kind of nearing the end, so I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, but one thing that I always kind of, you know, always ask you, I've mentioned this before, is I'm always curious, like, you know, based on how you've been living, based on all your experience so far, 
Mm-hmm. Somebody had to ask, what is like a main word of advice that you would give to anybody uh, watching or listening? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I mean, I feel like it may be cliche, but like, just like trust your good. Like, um, I, I'm, I feel like I'm highly like intuitive. Like I, I make zero moves unless I've kind of did a self check and it feels right. Um, but I feel like, like everything we need, um, to succeed, like it's already been like put in us, like it's, it's already in us. So just like trust the process and trust what you're feeling, trust that vision and like, just go for it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't believe we are allowed to dream or, or, you know, be given visions or, or for things unless we already have the capacity to, to fulfill them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait for my next download. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> That next update. <laughs> and then uh, another thing I want you to uh, also kind of explain is, can you kind of describe the two products that you'll be giving away as part of the mm-hmm. raffle prize? You know, just just quick little um, teaser branding. Yeah. Um, so the two raffle um, products is the Freedom Apothecary Glow Body Balm and the Green Tea Butter. Um, both are two of our like biggest sellers in the store. Again, I hand make these things in my kitchen still currently. <laughs> Um, you put your foot in I it, mean, a little, a little raccoon right. in it. <laughs> um, but again, like you know, high quality sourced ingredients, um, all natural, no preservatives, no chemicals, no toxins, um, mm. and they're they're great, great body butters. I use my the glow bomb sometimes to do twist outs on my fro. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, you'll enjoy them. Uh, <laughs> Whoever the lucky winner is. I wish I could relate. And I'll, I'll be giving <laughs> some details about that once I let you go. Um, okay. And I think also, before I let you go, do you have anything you want to promote, how people can support you, support the store, anything you want to just put some light on? Yeah, no. So just um, check us out. Freedom. On Instagram, we're freedom.apothecary. Um, our web shop is um, freedomapothecary.com. Um, again, we have a wide range of products, um, all female founded. Um, a lot of them are founded by black females, um, which is, you know, it's also important. Um, (laughs) so yeah, check us out, shop with us. Um, we have an amazing, um, holistic esthetician that does virtual consultation. She also creates at home facial kits, um, that are customized to your needs. So grab a a facial kit, give yourself a little at home self care, but yeah, check Mm -hmm. us out. Bet. Um, but yeah, once again, Marissa, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thank you for making it work, even throughout all the te- technical difficulties. Uh, I still <laughs> had a good time. Me. No problem. But yeah, I'm gonna let you go, and then you can just leave, and then I'll um, I'll wrap it up with the rest of the um, audience. Thank you all for tuning in to episode 19 of the Paula Powers podcast. I hope you all enjoyed that. And if you did, I will really appreciate you can support by either subscribing to the YouTube, subscribing to the podcast platform, or subscribing to the newsletter. Um, I have all the different mediums because I think everybody learns and just like to take information differently. So I wanted to make sure that I'm reaching, you know, as wide of an audience as I can. Um, but if you guys want to just see what I'm doing, keep up to date with me, you guys can also follow me at Ponyboy Paul on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And same goes with the podcast itself. You can also follow that at Paul and Pals. Um, also, if you guys, I actually just released this um, about a week ago. Uh, now the Paul and Pals merch store is officially open. So you guys can actually get that by going to merch.paulandpals.live. Uh, feel free to buy a t-shirt or a pal crew neck or both, you know, 
times are hard out here sometimes like if you want to buy four you know what i'm saying y'all got friends y'all got family like you know support a homie uh, but yeah that's all i got um thank y'all for joining and listen listening the whole time so uh till next time remember to stay creative peace